God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. chapter 12. Did you find it yet? Praise God. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. Uh, We've been talking about interrupting the pattern, and I want to tie all this up today here with this word. It says this, let love be without hypocrisy. That means let love be real. I think it was Drake that came out with a song called Fake Love. Is that right? Praise God. Yes, some of you know what that song's about. But it says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be real. In other words, it says, abhor what is evil. That means we should be moving away from our old life, not playing with it. We should be moving away from sin, not playing footsies with it. Amen. Or seeing how close we can be to the world. We should abhor. That means abstain from evil. And then it says this, cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. That that word cling means like to hold on to for dear life. Then it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Here's the next part. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that your presence is already here. It's evident. And Lord, your word tells us that our praise plows up the ground of our heart so that the seed of the word can get inside of our heart and change our lives. Father, I pray that that's what happens today, and I can't do it on my own. I can't do it with just my natural ability to speak. I need your anointing. And I pray that every person here would be open to a new way of thinking and the power of your word so that our lives can be changed to glorify you and to bring others to Jesus. We ask, Lord, that your presence would be here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, the Bible is real clear, and we've been talking about uh, Jesus and and the word of God telling us to come out from among them. Amen? And the them that the Bible talks about is come out from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the world. All of us, at one time or another, were citizens in that kingdom. We had a worldly way of thinking. We were subject to the culture that we came up under. We were subject to the families that raised us. 
everybody develops a way of thinking from that kingdom. And then the Bible tells us that when we became Christians, we've been translated into the kingdom of light. Another word for that in the Greek is we've been, uh, we've been conveyed into the kingdom of light. That word convey is where we get the word conveyor belt. When you go to the grocery store and you put your groceries on that little black conveyor belt, the grocery moves from here to here. That's basically what happened when you got saved. Your spirit went from being in darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? You are not the same person you were before you asked Jesus to come into your life. Now, you look the same. You may even act the same. But in the unseen realm, the Bible says you and I are new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. New things are brought new when you give your life to Jesus. So the guy I was before I came to Christ, can I tell you something? He's dead. The person you were before you gave your life to Jesus, he or she is dead. Can I get a praise God for that? Because am I the only one that thinks the old me should have died? He was not a good person. Amen? Don't look at me like that because the old you wasn't that good either. The old you did a lot of dirt. Amen? Hurt a lot of people. Did a lot of dumb stuff. Amen? Made a lot of dummy moves. Amen? Don't get mad. See, if you're getting mad, that's because he's still alive. Because when they're dead, that doesn't offend you. Yeah, he's, he, was, he was dumb. I said, oh, he was dumb. That guy did a lot of dirt. I don't even like that dude. But some of you trying to keep that old person alive, you like that old gangster thing. Come on. You like that, you like that old thing. That's all I'm going to say about that. But the Bible is real clear that we're new creatures. Now, here's the problem we have in America today is believers are trying to be like the world. That's a problem. Because Jesus said, you and I are salt and light. How can people see the light if we're hiding it under a bushel, if we're not letting it shine? And so the way we let our light shine is we come out from among them and be like Christ. And in order to do that, you got to get some new ways of thinking. You got to think different thoughts. You got to get some new downloads because the old downloads are going to take you right back to doing drugs. The old downloads are going to take you right back to the club. The old downloads are going to keep you drinking and doing the dirt that got you in the trouble that many of us are in now. So we got to get new downloads. Can I get an amen on that? Where do we get those new downloads? We get them from the word of God. Everything I bring to you folks, I throw so much scripture in it because I don't want you to think I'm trying to get you to think like me. I'm trying to get you to think like God thinks. And, and that's why we need the word of God. It's got to be founded in the word because his word will not steer us wrong. Amen. And so there's a pattern in the world right now where, where there, we, we've been reading about it in Timothy. I won't go into it. You can read the pot. You can listen to the podcast. But the world is under a system that is very dishonoring and disrespectful. That's how the world is right now. We don't honor authority. We don't honor people. It's very dishonoring, and we've got, to, we've got to move away from that. Because when we read about Jesus, we see that when Jesus walked the earth, he healed people, he cast out devils, he did miracles until he came back to his hometown where people were familiar with him. And the Bible says when he got up to preach in his hometown of Nazareth, 
he could do no mighty work there. And the reason he couldn't is because while he was preaching, folk were talking about him. They were disrespecting him. They were dishonoring him. And you say, well, what were they talking about? How could you disrespect Jesus? You forget they grew up around Jesus. They knew Jesus's mama. They knew Jesus's mama had Jesus before she was married. That's scandalous for those days. I know today it's a lot of us were born like that. Can I come on, somebody? Amen. But in those days, that was scandalous. That was looked down upon in a major, major way. And so when Jesus got up to preach, they said, man, that's Mary's boy. That boy, was a, he's a love child. He's a mistake. What you going to tell me? When he got up to preach, they said things like, we know your sisters. Oh, believe me, we know your sisters. I mean, they had stuff to say. And so when Jesus was trying to give him the word, the dishonor in the room kept him from being able to do any mighty work there. So what do we learn from that? Dishonor will keep God from moving in your life. Now, how do we bring this home? We bring this home because many of our homes lack honor. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you live in a home where your kids hear you talk bad to your husband, that's a dishonoring home. If you live in a home where your dad, your, your kids get to hear their father call their mom names or cuss at their mom, you better fix that. Because why? That's dishonoring. And Jesus cannot move where there's dishonor. Come on, am I helping anybody today? I know that's how you were raised, and I know that's how your mama was raised and your daddy was raised, but do you want to keep getting the same results they have, or do you want to move into heaven? We've got to teach honor in our home. We've got to work on ourselves. Listen, you need to have honor when it comes to your spouse. There needs to be a way you talk about them and a way you don't talk about them. And trust me, it's a whole mind shift change when you've grown up around women that all they did when they got together was rip their men apart. Listen, you can't afford to be like that because that shuts off the blessing valve. Can I get an amen? Do you guys see this? Because if you get this, God can move in your family. But as long as you keep excusing your behavior and you keep disrespecting your husbands, keep disrespecting your wives. Oh, here's another one. Disrespect your children. God ain't going to be able to move in you, in your house. So we need to take on a new way of thinking. And that is understanding how important honor is in the kingdom of God. Are you guys seeing this? So Romans, as we start today, tells us very clear of how we are supposed to approach this Christian life. It says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Write this down if you're taking notes. Honor all people. It's heaven's way. It's heaven's way. I know it ain't your way or your mama's way. Come on, somebody. Or people with your last name's way, because all they do is talk about folk. And you know it's true. I know it ain't their way. It ain't your culture's way. Come on, we got cultures of folk. All they do is talk bad about people. Hello, am I hitting too close to home? This is a whole way people live in neighborhoods. Listen, we nickname people just to jack them up. Come on, some of us were raised around haters. Amen? You, you know what I'm talking about. This may not be your way or their way or your people's way, 
But we've got to learn heaven's way. And heaven says, honor everybody. Now, here's why this is so major. And if you catch it, it'll change your life. The reason this is major is because when you honor people, you unlock the treasure that's on the inside of them. And here's the key. Why is that important? Because if God is going to answer your prayers, the answers that he has for your prayers, he puts inside of people. He puts in people. Look around the room right now. There's somebody in here that can answer your prayers. Don't get creepy as you're looking. I know some of y'all's prayers. Hey. Don't get creepy. But it's true. The answer to the prayers you are praying could be wrapped up in somebody's life in this room. Listen, this is how God works, okay? We don't understand this, and we should. Read the Bible. Every hero in the Bible, God always took the time to tell you their weakness. He puts the mistakes of our heroes in the Bible. He's the only one that does that. Come on. You ever seen people write their own biographies? They leave all the bad stuff out. And let's be honest. If you was going to make a movie about you, how awesome would you be? You'd be so, you'd be like, you'd get like someone like Brad Pitt to play you. You know you don't look like Brad Pitt. But in your mind, that's how you would put it out there. Listen, God doesn't, didn't do that. He totally went against the script. So he gives us heroes like Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses was a fugitive. And he shares that part with us. He gives us heroes like David. David kills Goliath. David becomes one of the greatest kings of all Israel. David is so great, Jesus comes through his lineage. We would have stopped right there, but not God. He's like, here's something else you need to know about uh, David. He's a peeping Tom. I'd love to see Hollywood directors try to work with God because a Hollywood director would be like, yeah, God, we need to leave that out because we're trying to get folks to be like David. And God says, no, leave it in because they need to know I use imperfect people. They need to know this is why you can't judge folk because there's treasure in everybody. So he says, David, One day, tells the whole story. One day, David's chilling on his roof, and he starts watching a woman bathe. That's some creepy stuff, y'all. That's some creep stuff. Then he goes another level. He uses authority to get her in his bed. That's not even the worst of it. It was his friend's wife. Come on, y'all. This is a good soap opera right here. This is a novella right here, I'm telling you. Don't stop there. Then she gets pregnant. I got my section right here. I got my section. (laughs) Then he kills the dad to cover up the pregnancy. It's deep, y'all. It's deep. But you know why God shares that? Because everybody's got issues. Tell your neighbor everybody's got issues. Tell your other neighbor I got issues. 
And then move away from them just a little bit. Just scoot right over a little bit. Just scoot right over. Why am I sharing all this, guys? The reason God shares it is the reason I'm sharing it. Is because we've got to get rid of this lens that doesn't honor people based on what we see. Because if you know God the Father, he uses, he wraps treasure in common packages. Guys, this is why the, the nation of Israel couldn't receive Jesus. Because they heard the prophecies that the Son of God's coming, the Lamb of God's coming, and he will take away the sins of the world. So in their mind, you know what they pictured? This amazing angelic being coming down from heaven on a white horse and saving the nation of Israel. Do you know what God does? He sends Jesus to a 15-year-old mom who wasn't married, born in a manger from a place called Nazareth, where they said, does anything good come out of South, I mean, Nazareth? That's <laughs> where he was from. And he says, here's your, here's your savior. Here's your savior. Israel said, uh-uh, that ain't our savior. Why? Because they looked on the outward. They missed him. They missed him. You got to learn how God works. See, some of you, nobody can speak into you. Nobody can help you. Nobody's good enough to be your leader. Because you're looking for perfection in people. And you ain't got no perfection in yourself. Doesn't make no sense. So people come into service every Sunday. They look at me. They size me up. And they decide, am I going to receive from this vessel or not? Well, you know, some of them, some of you, you get to know me and you start seeing that I'm imperfect. Some of you, you get to see the mistakes my wife and I might make. You might catch us on an off day. You might hear something even in our testimony. And then you begin to say, well, because of this, this, and this, I'm not going to receive from them. But see, the problem when you do that, is you cut yourself off from the answers that we're called to bring. And you walk away thinking you're so smart. You're so intelligent because I'm not going to be fooled by him. Listen, you got to get you got to get this straight. God uses imperfect people. He just does. You got to get over it because some people you want perfection in folk like your stuff don't stink. Let's say it like that. Some of you old school heads know what I'm talking about. There's another saying for that. But your stuff stinks too. Everybody does. And that's why God says this. This is, why, this is the way kingdom, the kingdom works. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. God uses people to answer your prayers. If you don't know how to respond to people, you can miss God. And can I tell you something? A big percentage of the people in this room, this is what's been happening with you. You don't know how to relate to people. Can I just be 100 with you? Or would you like a little sugar with the medicine? Can I give it to you straight? Some of y'all are just mean. Some of y'all... Some of y'all, it's like you just mean people. And you say, well, I'm not mean. You just got to get to know me. But the problem is nobody wants to get to know you. So you just stay mean. Now, the people that are close to you, 
They would say, nah, they're not mean. That's not, they're not like that. But the problem is you have this outward thing where you're mean until you deem somebody honorable and then you're nice to them. But the problem with that is you're being mean to people that God has sent to help you. And so you know what happens? You spend years the same condition, hurting, angry, bitter, still abused, still messed up from your ex when you were 17, still not healed from things you've gone through. Because when God sends friends and people into your life that can love you out of your hurt, you got to wall up. Guys, you got to change. Being mean is not good. I know that's how you made it through life, that getting that hard shell, you know, and, and abuse and hurt and stuff, it'll make you hard. That's what gets you gangsta. Come on, somebody. Amen. What makes you hard is what you go through. Some of you have been to jail or prison or YA or wherever you've been. You know what I'm talking about. You can't go in there and just be like, hey, hey, hey. you go to jail, it make you hard. But guess what? You're not in jail no more. Or are you? Because some of us still are. And you can't begin to get the answers that God wants in your life until you take that off. We've got to honor everyone. Amen? Tell your neighbor, honor everyone. It's heaven's way. And God is sending your answers to your prayers through people. Now, that's a problem because some of us don't like people. Some of us don't like people. Or here's another one. We got women that don't like other women. But the problem is you're a woman. So you don't like yourself. Anybody here raised by somebody that didn't like themselves? That's a painful upbringing. Anybody here, and don't answer this, ever marry somebody that don't like themselves? That's a painful marriage. It's not a good way to grow up. It's not a good way to be. And so we've got to deal with those things. So we pray, God, change us. You know how he's going to change you? Through people, through relationships. But you don't want new friends. That's another Drake song. Isn't that a Drake song? No new friends? I don't know what. Pray for Drake. He's on. He's up picking him up in the spirit. No new friends. No new friends. That's dumb. Because the answer to all your prayers is going to come through people. And this is why if you've ever noticed when you're depressed, what does depression do? Isolates. I don't want to be around nobody. Don't want to talk to nobody. Mm. You stay like that. That's exactly what you'll do. You'll stay like that. You've got to learn to open yourselves up. It's, 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 it's no good to just be praying, God, we, I need this. Do this for me. When you pray, everything, every answer to your prayer is going to come through somebody. So we've got to know how to engage people, how to respond to people. Let's stop being mean. Tell your neighbor, stop being mean. Now, that sounds easy, but you know what? Some of us can't, can't stop it that easy. Some of us got to have to renew our minds and get ourselves opened up. So, so here's the thing. Uh, your, your prayers, the answer to your prayers are locked up in somebody. 
And it's up to you to extract it out of them. Let me say that again. The answer to your prayers are locked up in someone, but it's up to you to extract it from them. It's not up to them to give you their treasure. Oh, you need to catch this today because some of y'all come into church like it's my responsibility to give you what you need. It's your responsibility to get it out of me. Am I helping anybody today? This is why Christians are so jacked up. That's why they don't change. Because we come to church and go, feed me. We pick churches based on what they give us. I had someone say this. I started going there because they gave away free donuts and coffee. If that's why you're going to church, you ain't going to make it. You just ain't going to make it. You'll be in church for a little while, but you ain't going to grow. You ain't, you ain't going to make this thing. Might not even see you in heaven one day. Because if, if you come to Christ just based on what you get from him, you don't make it. Remember the multitude following Jesus when he was giving them fish and loaves, giving them free dinners? They were all there. The day he gets up and says, no more of that. If you're going to follow me, you got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. Everybody saying, we are out of here, except 12 guys. And I love how gangster Jesus was. Y'all know gangster Jesus? Gangster Jesus would say things like this. Y'all want to go too? I'd love to hear that sermon on a Sunday morning. Basically, he preached everybody out of his church because he understood they're only here to take. And God can't do anything with takers. Quit being a taker. Be a giver. God changed the world with 12 givers. Couldn't do anything with the takers. So we've got to lose this mentality of, that's why I always tell Christians, never say this when you leave a church. I stopped going to that church because I wasn't getting fed. You sound so dumb when you say that. Because it's nobody's responsibility to feed you but you. Now, listen, I get up here. I share the word. I have things in the word in me that can change your life. But here's what you got to understand. It's up to you to extract it. Now, for some of us, we hear that, we go, oh, that, that sounds like work. No, you got to understand, when, when God saved you, he gave you power and authority. When he did that, get this, he took away your victim status. Now, I know some of you like being victims. I know some of you have learned to like that victim card because the victim card gets you free stuff. Gets you free stuff. Well, I didn't have a dad. Give me affection. Well, I didn't have this or that. Give me exception to the rule. Give me a pass. Listen, throw your stupid victim card away. Throw it away. Because robbing you from a good life. You're not a victim if you got Christ. I'm sorry you didn't have a dad. I'm sorry that man did you the way he did. I'm sorry life hurt you in that way. But you are no longer a victim. You were a victim, but you're not anymore. I see you clapping. But you need to hear this. Because the victim card is no good. It's no good. Quit blaming stuff. When you got Jesus, you got the winner. You got the champion. You're, you're not a victim anymore. 
You know, your problems should fear you. You shouldn't fear problems. Circumstances better be careful for you because Christ is with you now. So get rid of the reasons. Get rid of the reasoning and the excuses. And let's start understanding that when I pray, God answers my prayer through people. And it's up to me to get the answers out of them. It's not up to them to give me their treasure. It's up to me to get the treasure out of them. Amen? Gosh, if you get this, your life will change. Because you are waiting for your husband to do you right. You're waiting for your husband to just bless your life. Listen, your husband got things that you need. Can I get an amen? Amen. But you're waiting for him to just give them all to you. It's in there. You ain't getting them because you ain't extracting them. And I've said this before. The responsibility lies on you to get the good stuff out of your man or out of your wife. We just want them to cough it up. That's not how the kingdom works. Amen? And you're trying to leave him. You're trying to leave her. But the problem ain't them. The problem ain't you in the sense of you being able to give them what they need. The problem is you don't know how to get the gold on the inside of them. You're sleeping with Fort Knox every night. You got a good man. You just can't get the treasure in him. He is so good. I'm talking to somebody today because you say, he ain't no good. He is so good. You just can't see the kingdom and ain't learning the word to get the gold out of the inside of them. And so every day you get up frustrated, angry, mad at him. You need to get mad at yourself because you ain't listening to what I'm preaching on Sundays. (laughs) Smile at me. Because the old timers used to say it like this. You attract more bees with honey, baby. You know what that means? Be nice, and somebody will give you their treasure. But you waking up all cranky. I ain't a morning person. But you want everybody to be nice to you. That ain't happening, baby. That ain't happening. You sleeping next to the answer to your prayer, married people. You sleep, but you don't know how to get the treasure out of them. Or you don't know how to get the treasure out of her. You think you need a new wife? Nah, you need to start bringing some honey home. Yeah, tell your spouse, bring me some honey, honey. Men men come home so cranky after work, so angry, so frustrated after work, and we just want the honey to flow. What did you cook? What's for dinner? Dang, I've been at work all day. She like, I work too, fool. <laughs> Come on. It happens, right? Can I tell you a secret? Which really ain't a secret. It happens to my wife and I too. I know, some of you leaving the church now. I knew, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong with these pastors. There's a re- I had a check in my spirit that they wasn't all that. It ain't a check. It's common sense. It's common sense. People, this is how it is. 
But see how you don't need a new spouse. You don't need new kids. You know what? You need to learn how to extract the treasure from in them. And here is the key. Mm. The key is honor. Try me now. Fellas, go home from today on. Give it a week of being sweet. Give it a week of some extras. Give it a week of elevating her needs. Some of you are like, okay, one week, though. One week. (laughs) One week. (laughs) My wife's like more than a month. Let's go a year. No, no, no. No, but my point is this. See if things won't change. See if things won't change. Guys, do the math. It's so hard to be mean to somebody that's nice to you. Try it. Somebody that's coming and going, hey, hey, can I, can I treat you to lunch? Hey, hey, uh, can I do anything for you? It's so hard to be mean to somebody that's doing you like that. Even when you come home in a bad mood. And she's like, oh, baby, let me rub your back real quick. Just gave somebody an idea. That's a revelation. <laughs> Wifey's in a bad mood. Baby, check this out. I was by Macy's. They're having a sale. Let's go get you some shoes. You'll see, you'll see this face like this. Just go, oh. Okay, baby. It's been a tough week. You're right. I know I'm getting myself in trouble. I can feel my wife going, I need some honey, honey. I'm getting myself in trouble. She's going to call me a hypocrite if I don't do it today either. Let me, let, me, let me wrap this up. Are you guys getting this, though? Are you guys getting this? This is an honor. And it's not just, uh, it's for everybody. So you're around people. They got good stuff in them. And you're waiting for people to just give you stuff. Give you their gifts. Your boss has gold in him. And you just want him to be, give it to you. No, it's up to you through honor to get good things out of folk. Put it to you, I'll put it to you this way. You don't deserve the golden people until you learn how to treat them. And here's the thing you got to understand. Don't miss the answer to your prayers because you're looking on the outward. Please don't do that because that's a dummy move right there. All right, let me, let me drop some more scripture in you real quick. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. See, this problem was happening in the early church in Corinth. People weren't treating each other right. They weren't treating each other right. So Paul comes in and writes this letter. He says, hey, from this day forward, we're quitting being mean. We're stopping judging everybody. We're going to stop treating people based on their tattoos, based on their jail record, based on their dating history. We're going to stop treating folk like that. And look what he says. He says, so therefore, on this day, we regard no one from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we've known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. And here's what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Gosh, I wish you would get this. I wish you would get this because you would quit sizing folk up. Folk that you sit there and go, well, why are they on the front row? Well, why is he head usher? Well, how come they get to be over that? 
And when you say those things, you start listing stuff. Well, they, they shouldn't be over that. They got this, 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 and this. You start looking into the flesh at weaknesses. And you start putting yourself in their position. Well, I'm better than them. No, you ain't. You say, well, how do you know? Because you think like that. And that's ugly. That jealousy is ugly. That's, man, that's a nasty thing to be jealous of somebody. But this is what happened in the church in Corinth. So Paul says, stop it. From now on, we're not, we're not going to know people after the flesh. You deal with people based on their new creation reality in Jesus. I wish we would get this in our church today. I wish you would quit looking at folks from where they come, how they act, because it ain't hard to see people's weaknesses. I know you think you can hide them, but tell your neighbor, I can see them. I see them. We, we think we can hide our junk, right? Don't, don't we think that all the time? And, and, and we start believing the hype. But you know what? What I learned a long time ago, people can see my weaknesses, and I got to be okay with it. I got to be okay with it. You're not perfect. You'll never be perfect. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. I know I'm depressing somebody today. But I'm setting some other people free because you're trying too hard to be something that you just ain't. When if you would just learn to rest in the new creation, your perfection could be made, your, your weakness can be made into a strength. Okay? But you got to start treating others like it first. It's amazing to me. We want perfection in others when we ain't got it. We want our leaders to be incredible superheroes. But you ain't a superhero. Yeah, yeah, but, but I ain't a leader either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we've got to start regarding everybody according to the new creation. Some of you, there's people here you're supposed to be close to. But when you come up to them, all you see is their weaknesses. And you criticize. And in your heart, you, uh, no, I don't like that person. That person has this. That person has that. Well, let's start with you. What do you got? You got a lot of junk, too. So this is why we've got to learn how to see people in the new creation. This is why Jesus said this in John 13, 34 through 35 in the Passion Translation. He says, so I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I love you. For when you demonstrate the same love that I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. What's he saying? Love people like Jesus loves you. How does Jesus love you? He loves the treasure in you. You know what I'm so grateful for about Christ? That when I come into prayer, he's not like me. Because you know what I do sometimes? My kids might come in and say, Dad, you know, can we go do this? And there's a reason a parent does this, but hear me now. I have to go, son, is your room clean? No, then you can't do that. Now, in the natural, there's some reasons. I'm teaching, I'm training, and those things. So kids, don't go home and turn that on, on your parents. But I'm glad in the sense that God the Father doesn't do that to me. Give me requirements before he blesses me. He doesn't see me in light of my weaknesses. When I pray and say, God, I need this, he doesn't go, hold up. Other day, three o'clock, you were having some lustful thoughts. So I ain't doing nothing for you. You know that's how we would do. Come on, am I the only one? We would be doing our belief. We would be doing our kids like, no, no, no. He don't do that. He sees me, the Bible says, as if I am Christ. 
Did you know when you pray and you go into your prayer closet and you ask God to do something, he looks at you. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. Doesn't that give you confidence when you pray? He's not going, I'm going to answer her or his prayer. Oh, Jesus is talking to me. Would he do anything for Jesus? Absolutely. That's how he sees us. Now, here's the thing. We like that. Oh, that's so awesome, man. Jesus says, now love somebody like I love you. Because y'all got too many conditions on folk. I'll be nice to them if they're nice to me. No, that ain't, that ain't loving like Christ. Well, you know, I'll honor them if they're honorable. No, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't how Jesus does it. Jesus loves and honors and has nothing to do with you, has everything to do with him. So here's the thing you got to adopt. I'm going to be nice to you regardless if you're a jerk. Smile at me. Come on. I'm going to be good to you because God is good to me, even if you're not good back to me. Yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some real Christian stuff right there. Amen? Amen. But you know what's even more awesome? The Holy Spirit comes along and empowers you to do it. Because I saw some of you going, but pastor, I can't do that. I'm in trouble because I cannot do that. I know you can't do that. But that's why the Holy Spirit comes, lives in you, and he gives you the ability to do what you could not do. Those times where you would sock somebody in the face. Remember them times? A couple days ago? You still keep serving God, those times will leave. And you'll just walk away from dumb people. Amen? Here's the, here's the big thing you got to get as we close this, as we're interrupting the pattern. You got to learn to be people of honor. Be good to everybody. Quit sizing folks up. Love like Jesus loves. He doesn't see their weakness. I want you to write this down. What you perceive is what you'll receive. What you perceive is what you'll receive. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about others. What you perceive in others is what you'll receive from others. I'm so glad. My life has been enriched by so many of you guys. I'm so glad when I met the twins seven years ago now that I didn't just see these dudes as runaway boys, troubled guys, so glad because they have blessed my life in so many ways. I saw greatness in them. I saw the call of God on them. You can patty cake if you want to, but this is real. I'm so glad that when I met the Fielding sisters, I didn't just look at them and see the hurt from their past and the things they went through, but I saw two women with a call of God. I saw Mary and Martha. I won't tell you who's who. But they have been such a blessing to our lives personally because I perceived the greatness of God in them. That's what I got back. Some of you don't perceive goodness in anybody. Guess what you get back. You look over at your husband when you're laying down, you don't see good. You see failure, all the things he's let you down, good for nothing, the hurt, all that stuff. Guess what you're going to get out? All that stuff. 
But if I could get you through the lens of God's word to see something else in people, that's what you're going to get. If you could see your boss as the blessing, bring that down just a little bit. If you could see your boss as a vehicle of blessing into your life instead of that angry person that you hate, it'll change what you receive from them. Because see, if there was no boss, there's no job for you. Without a good boss, you got no company that you work for, no department. But you keep focusing on the weaknesses. Guys, what you perceive be what you receive. I tell my kids this. Ethan, as your father, I'm either the prison warden or the king that gives you the rights to be a prince or a princess. It's up to you. You're going to see me as the bad, can't I, he don't let me do nothing. Or are you going to see me as, man, God, my dad's worked hard. He could bring a lot of things to pass for me. I'm going to do what he says. How you see him is what you'll receive from him. How you see her, guys, is going to determine what you're going to get from her. Man, if you get this, it's going to save your marriage. It's going to save your marriage because you think you need a new man. No, you need some sense. You think you need a woman. No, you need to learn some things. What you perceive determines what you receive. Now, that's not just in marriage. It's in life. I had a guy one time tell me, yeah, I've been coming here for a while, but I don't like this person and that person. And they're listing off all these people in the church that I love that they have problems with. And I said to myself, man, the problem with this guy is all he could see is the dirt in others. He can't see the treasure in them. And you want to know what causes that? You got to first see the treasure in yourself before you can see it in other people. Jesus said like this, if you can't love yourself, you'll never love your neighbor. Single people, don't get married until you learn to love yourself. Please, please, please. Don't, because you know why? You're going to cause hurt. Kind of cause hurt. And, And that might mean you going home every day and saying, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. You got to get some affirmations in your life. Why? Because we do more damage to others when we don't love ourselves. And here's the thing about loving yourself. It's a choice. It's a choice. Love yourself. Tell your neighbor, love yourself. Tell them a little attitude too. Get on them. Love yourself, fool. No, don't call them fool. Don't call them fool. I'm trying to wrap up, but I need you to get this. The enemy of honor is familiarity. It's familiarity. The enemy of honor is familiarity. The root word of the word familiar is the word family. Familiarity has been the cause of more divorce than anything else. You could get so familiar with somebody, you stop seeing the greatness. You stop seeing the thing that you married them for. You stop seeing the treasure that you saw in them when you said, be mine forever. Now when you look at them, you just see this fool can't put cups away. (laughs) This fool's breath be funky sometimes. That's all you see. That's all you see. This dude ain't had a good job, can't hold a good job for no amount of time. But when you first saw them, you saw the treasure. You got to get back to that. 
What causes that is familiarity. Familiar, we get familiar with something. That's why you got to stay in the spirit. That's why you got to do what Paul said. No, no man after the flesh. No, I'm after the spirit. We've got people all over the world leaving good churches because now they're just too familiar with their pastors. They think they need a new man of God. Well, you know, my pastor is this, this. No, you're just familiar. You got to see the gold. Get some longevity in your life. See the gold. Couples, man, you got to rekindle this thing by changing what you're focusing on and learning that if you're going to get good things out of people, it's up to you to extract it. You can't go through life angry and mad. You can't go through life just like hurt because you ain't going to get treasure out of nobody. Galatians chapter 4, 1 and 2, my last closing for those of their counting. It says this, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but he's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. You know what Galatians is talking about? It's using legal jargon to the Greeks to talk to them about being heirs of salvation. What is an heir? An heir is somebody that receives an inheritance. Do y'all know the Bible says that as followers of Jesus Christ, we receive uh, an inheritance from God the Father. But just like in the natural, you know, we have those same laws in America that if you're an heir, if you were to die, your kids receive an inheritance. But do you know what they do? They don't give the inheritance in most cases until the person is of maturity. My cousin passed away a few uh, years ago. He's got two kids. When those kids turn 18, they have an inheritance waiting for them. But you know what? They don't get it until they turn 18. They don't get it until they mature. You got an inheritance. God is waiting for you to mature so he can give it to you. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.